You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcast content. And you can subscribe to Locked On Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is Make a Friend Monday. So make a friend. Tell them about Locked On Packers. And we are back at it this week. And we have reached a little bit of a lull in what's going on around the NFL because this week is Super Bowl week. There was the Pro Bowl yesterday that I really just desperately hope you didn't watch. And there's going to be a lot of ramp up to talk about the game this week. But in terms of what's going on around the league, and specifically in terms of what's going on with the Packers, there just isn't that much to discuss. Obviously, all of the energy in the NFL is going to be focused on the Super Bowl But there isn't a lot of machination for the Packers in terms of what we need to be discussing, because I don't think, you know, assistant linebackers coaches really moves the needle for most fans and and really any fans. And maybe there are, you know, a small group of you. If, If that group exists anywhere, I would guess that it exists somewhere in the listenership of this podcast because we can get granular at times here. I think that's part of the appeal. I think anyone that is going to listen to four or five Packers shows in January, February, March, April, May probably does want to hear about some of that stuff. But I think there are more interesting discussions to be had, and we're going to have some of them today because I want to talk about a couple things. And one, you know, the Senior Bowl was last week, and we have some some really tremendous resources as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NFL Draft is a really good show. Uh, They are... um, you know, they've been killing it in the iTunes Top 100. We also have Locked On Draft Dudes. We entered into an agreement with uh, those guys, and, and they're part of our network now. The great work that those guys, uh, the contributing writing that they do is over at thedraftnetwork.com, which is a really slick site. Those guys are really smart, and they've put together a place where if you're a draft nick, if you're someone who loves the NFL draft, and I am someone who has, since I was 10 years old, been obsessed with the NFL draft and all of the the parts and the processes and everything that goes into the NFL draft. Uh, it started off, I just loved the spectacle of it and I just loved to watch it and I loved the excitement of it and oh, who th- these players and who are they and how can they contribute to this team? And, and one of my favorite things growing up was to take the guys that were drafted and the new ver- version of Madden hadn't come out yet. So I would go in and create all of those guys and put them on the team and see what the team looks like uh, before the new version of Madden came out. Because you'd have, you know, you'd have all summer basically to try and play it with those new guys. And that was your opportunity to test out what this team would look like 
with all of the new players. So the, I I am very much into what's going on with the draft and, and everything that, that goes into it. So I want to talk about some Senior Bowl stuff and how it directly impacts um, some of the players the Packers might be interested in. I think there are a handful of guys that were in Mobile this week that are very much going to be on the radar in the first round, on the second round, third round. And beyond, specifically because they play positions that I think Green Bay is going to be interested in and because they are players who fit what Green Bay needs and what Green Bay could be looking for. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. But I want to start with a discussion about the Packers that I think is a nice way to move us into the offseason. And it is it is really a reflection of the 2018 team and looking forward into what the 2019 team is right now and what it could be. But I was talking to Ryan Riddle, who you know was at Bleacher Report for a long time, former former NFL player, played at Cal with Aaron Rodgers, and is someone that that I've known a long time. And and he's been on other podcasts I've had, and and you know we've had a lot of conversations about football over the years, and he mentioned that he felt like this team his metaphor was that trying to win a Super Bowl with this team was like trying to make a half court shot you can do it but you need everything to go right and if they add a couple more pro bowlers or pro bowl talents then it becomes you know uh I guess he I mean, he might have even started full court shot and then half court and then three point three point and I said you know I don't I don't think this team is three, four, five impact players away from being a potential Super Bowl contender. And the reason I think we can just baseline say that is because this team, with more or less this amount of talent, has won 10, 11, 12 games, gone to the playoffs, won playoff games. The the team that we saw in 2018, at least the healthy version of the 2018 team is just objectively more talented than the team we saw in 2016 go to the NFC title game. And yeah, they, they got destroyed in that game. But you have to remember, Ladarius Gunter was the, the top cornerback in that game. I mean, that defense was decimated by injuries. The offensive line was decimated by injuries. They had multiple injuries to receivers. I mean, I think Jordy Nelson was playing with broken ribs because he basically had to. And they just, you know, they 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 got ambushed and and they were never able to really recover because they didn't have the talent. I mean, Latroy Guyon had to play offensive tackle in the second half of that game because there were so many injuries. And this has been the problem. And so my response to that was, was basically, look, if, if Rodgers is Rodgers, this team is a contender. But I thought, you know, let's, let's explore this a little bit. Let's, let's interrogate this question of, is this team, as currently constructed, talented enough to compete for a Super Bowl. And, and I think, you know, you, you first have to compare it to the Rams because they're the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Could this team beat the Rams? Well, we saw, even in a down year, the Packers go to LA. The Saints lost to the Rams at home. The Packers went to LA and were a fumbled kickoff return away from having the chance, at least, in a game where Rodgers played pretty well and was Jair Alexander's coming out party in a lot of ways, play swing for swing with the best team in the NFC. And that is with no improvements. That is with getting no advancement from Josh Jackson or Jair Alexander 
or any of the other young receivers or, or no improvement from Aaron Jones. And that's also no improvement to the health of Aaron Rodgers, no improvement in free agency or in the draft. This team went into LA and played drive for drive with the NFC champion. So I think just from that standpoint, if you want to make the argument that way, I think you can say, yeah, we, we, we saw this team do it. Now they had an extra week to prepare, but they still weren't fully healthy and they were still dealing with a lot of scheme issues. And, you know, this was, this was Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys at receiver. This was Jimmy Graham not playing well. And this was, you know, a, an injured secondary. Jermaine Whitehead gets tossed in that game and subsequently gets cut. I mean, they're dealing with a lot of weird stuff in that game, and they still were, were almost able to win it. But I think you can also look at this a different way. The NFL is, is uh, a league of have and have-nots, and you need blue-chip players to compete for a Super Bowl. And if you don't, this is why the Patriots are such a bad example for anything, because they don't. They are, they are not a have team, really. They have Brady. We saw Gronk is still good for three or four big impact plays in a big game. And they have Stephon Gilmore. Outside of that, where is the blue chip talent? I mean, they're getting impact plays from Kyle Van Noy. The offensive line played incredible against that Kansas City pass rush in the AFC Championship game. They don't have a ton of talent. What they have is a virtuoso quarterback and the greatest coach in NFL history, maybe in modern sports. That advantage is enormous. And so Green Bay had to take a step, and we talked about this uh, after uh, the, the conference championship games. Green Bay needed to find a coach they felt like would not be, not just not be a liability in those moments, in those games against the Sean Paytons and the Sean McVeighs of the world, but be able to go toe-to-toe with those guys intellectually. And so if they get Rodgers at his rodgers best and Matt LaFleur is an upgrade schematically and, and as a game manager over Mike McCarthy, at least what Mike McCarthy had been of late, then this team is absolutely talented enough. You can't tell me that when you look at the Saints, that roster is significantly more talented than Green Bay's. It's not. Okay, the Saints have Drew Brees. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. The Saints have Michael Thomas. Okay, well, the Packers have Devontae Adams. The Saints have Alvin Kamara. The Packers have Aaron Jones. The Saints have Taron Armstead. The Packers have David Bakhtiari. What else does New Orleans have offensively? They've got a solid offensive line. They don't have any liabilities in the same measure as the Packers have at right guard. But if the Packers just signed a replacement level or drafted a replacement level right guard, I think you could make a pretty compelling case that Green Bay has an offensive line advantage with Brian Bulaga, who played much more of the season than a lot of Packer fans will have you believe. Corey Lindsley was a Pro Bowl caliber player last year. And Lane Taylor didn't play great, but he was still top 10 in pass blocking efficiency, according to ESPN last year. He can and is still a quality player. So on offense, if you just took, if you just gave me Everyone else, if you gave me Ted Ginn and, and all of the other guys that the Saints are, are trotting out there at tight end and receiver, I would take the Packers group. 
I would take Geronimo Allison and last year Randall Cobb and those rookies. I would take those guys if I had a if I had a coach that was going to put them in a position to succeed. And I think Green Bay had a much better tight end group. They just were not all put in a position for them to succeed. And then you look on defense, you say, okay, what do the Saints have? They have Cam Jordan. They have Marshawn Lattimore. And, you know, I think Demario Davis is a similar player in terms of impact, not a similar terms of, in terms of style as Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez is more of a run stuffer. Uh, he can get after the passer as an A-gap blitzer. Demario Davis, a little bit more speed to cover sideline to sideline. But he's not a great player. He's solid. Where's the rest of the of the blue chip players in the secondary for the Saints? Do they have great safeties? No. Do they have great linebackers? No. Sheldon Rankins was turning into a quality player, but Marcus Davenport did not produce at the level that they wanted him to this season. And you look at the Packers defense, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Blake Martinez, Jair Alexander, Kevin King when he's on the field, Bashad Breland, if he's re-signed, I mean, he was on the he was on the field last year. I don't, I mean, is is the singular talent of Lattimore better than the conglomeration of talent that Green Bay has put together? And and can if they stay healthy, can those corners produce consistently at the level that we saw Kevin King? I mean, Kevin King, when he was on the field last year, was a really good starting corner. And if they got a healthy season from King, which we we don't have any expectation and shouldn't have any expectation that we will see, a healthy season from Breland, and he is a guy who has traditionally stayed healthy, I think the wonky offseason with the foot injury and then coming in without any preseason, without any training camp, I think that really set him up to have the injury plague season that he had. He is not a guy that's ever had injuries in his career in the NFL for any significant period of time. So this was this was the aberration. If you put that secondary together, I'd much rather have that group of corners than what New Orleans has, even with Marshawn Lattimore, given his quality as a singular talent. I think Jair Alexander can be something close to what we saw from Lattimore. He just has to stay healthy. So when we're going to compare talent for talent, the two best teams in the NFC Green Bay compares favorably with them. Now, now, none of that should be taken as an, as an insistence that they don't and shouldn't try and improve this team. They should. They still have ways that they can get better. But what you should take away from that is if they do solidify that right guard position and they do add a pass rusher who turns out to be an impact player in the draft and they do sign a safety that can come in and just give you baseline average to above average play. There's, there's every reason to believe that this team would be good enough, assuming Matt LaFleur is a good coach. And that is that, that this is the assumption. This is the big assumption. If Matt LaFleur turns out to be an upgrade over Mike McCarthy, then this team as it is currently constituted, is good enough to compete in the NFC for a Super Bowl berth. You make it a lot easier on yourself if you add some blue chip talent. I made the case for that last week on this show. I made the case for it for Acme Packing Company in an article that you can go read. 
Green Bay has this window with Aaron Rodgers that they can go get better. They have talent. What they haven't had, at least in a while, is the team that is the most talented. In 2010, they didn't win the Super Bowl with the most talented team. And in 2014, they may have had one of the most talented teams. They, they certainly had one of the four most talented teams. It's hard to look back at this run with Aaron Rodgers and say they lost with the better team in the playoffs. Maybe that Cardinals game in, in 2009. But beyond that, I mean, those, those 49ers teams, I think were clearly better, more talented teams. Uh, that Arizona Cardinals team that they lost to, that, that Rodgers almost willed them in victory over, uh, they were clearly a more talented team all season and had been. And the Falcons were clearly better when they whooped the Packers in the NFC Championship game, even though that game had been closer in the regular season when Green Bay was healthier. I said after 2016 going into 2017, I said the best team in the NFC is either Green Bay or Atlanta, depending on where the game is played. And I, I stood by it. And, and I think that was true until the injury. I think Green Bay was one of the two or three best teams in the NFC until Rodgers got hurt. And I still think that team, for all the deficiencies that it had, because it had specific traits with Randall Cobb, who was healthy for a lot of that year and Devontae Adams, who was breaking out and, and Jordy Nelson, who was still a useful player with Aaron Rodgers, If they're healthy enough, if he's healthy enough to play, we saw them go into Dallas and, and, and win. And we saw them beat a good Seahawks team at home. And we saw them come back to beat the Bengals and we saw them beat down the bears. And they would have, they would have been right there competing with the Vikings, competing with the Eagles in the NFC. Things got off kilter this year for myriad reasons, but this team is, is well positioned to add one or two impact players, whether it's free agency or the draft, and, and one or two other just solid depth pieces to be right back competing in the NFC and as a Super Bowl contender. That was a longer rant than I initially intended to go on. So, uh, but I think a, a necessary conversation and an, and an interesting one, at least to me. And and it sets us up to look at this offseason and say, okay, where does where is Green Bay positioned to get better? Where do they have to get better? And where are they likely to get better? Where are they going to be looking to add? And I think the Senior Bowl provides a, a terrific backdrop because. One of the stars of the week and the game was Dalton Reisner, the offensive tackle from Kansas State. He's been a name that has been linked to Green Bay uh, a lot. And, you know, it, it even went so far as to have Zach Cruz at Packers Wire, who's been on the show, to wonder on Twitter if he might be in play at 12, which, you know, it seems like most people believe that's too high. Uh, you know, the, the, right now we don't know where these guys are, where they slot in. He had a very impressive week. He can play tackle. He can play guard. And that is definitely appealing to Green Bay. I don't know where you slot him at this point. I mentioned the the draft network. Uh, the most recent big board that they published is, is from Ben Solak. He has Reisner at 30. That was before the Senior Bowl. And, and maybe he moves up a little bit after the Senior Bowl. But Green Bay picks 30. I think that is certainly going to be a name to watch 
and is going to be a name we discuss more as we move through this process. I think how he tests at the combine is going to be important for him. And if he tests well, I think he, he's going to put himself squarely in that first round discussion. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of interesting conversations to be had about how Green Bay approaches that first round pick. But but for the for the senior bowl, I think that also gives us an interesting backdrop to talk about receiver and what Green Bay does there because there is a conspicuous hole in terms of type on this team if Randall Cobb doesn't come back. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers decide it's worth it at a, at a low cost to bring back Randall Cobb. I would also not be surprised if a team outbids Green Bay in an effort to bring in Randall Cobb because of the name recognition and the offense and the success that he's had. But there are a number of guys who played in Mobile last week who generated a ton of buzz and I, I think could be interesting options as run-after-catch slot players for the Packers. And the guy that I think is going to take the most draft capital to go get is South Carolina's Debo Samuel. And I posted a, a video of him running a little whip route. And just, I mean, he is sudden. He was productive in college. And I, I think it's possible. I mean, uh, Todd McShay said he, he felt like, you know, Samuel may now be in that, you know, top two round range. 44 would be high, I think. But it could, it could happen. Green Bay is in this exceedingly luxurious position that with those two first round picks and the two picks inside the top 50, they really have a chance to get three blue chip players at their position. They could get the best guys or one of the best guys at their respective positions at each one of those spots. I mean, they really could. And that, that gives them the opportunity to, to get a little bit, I mentioned the word luxurious. I think it's a luxury to be able to pick some of these positions that maybe aren't the highest need positions per se to get a really talented player. And I think Samuel would be an interesting guy. If he's there at 44 and let's say they got a pass rusher and they got a, an offensive lineman, let's say. Maybe instead of a tight end, maybe instead of a Caden Smith or an Irv Smith Jr., they they go with the receiver. Now they could also wait because there were a couple other guys in Mobile whose whose names really jumped out and I think could be interesting options for Green Bay. One is Penny Hart, which I mean just what a name. Terrific name. The Packers did meet with Penny Hart at the Senior Bowl. Uh Georgia State player, he's tiny, 5'8, 180, but is sudden. He's dynamic. He's he's there, it is rare to find a guy who is both fast and quick, and that may seem like a weird thing, but it's true. Wes Welker was quick. He wasn't fast, and Randall Cobb is quick and not necessarily fast, and certainly not fast anymore, but even in his prime, um, you know, wasn't ever really a speed demon, but there are some guys in this draft that are like that. Andy Isabella, the receiver from UMass, who is also small. He said that he's been hand-timed at 4.26 in the 40 training with Randy Moss. He is also uh, an extremely sudden route runner. He made he scored a touchdown in the game, uh, run after catch. Those are the opportunities. There are receiver screens in this offense. There are going to be opportunities to get a receiver 
on a little crossing route, catch and create. There's this great play uh, that they have run. It's a little leak play. It's a play action play. You get the receiver coming across the field and the Packers do it with a tight end. But the, the, the Fleur offense, the Shanahan offense, the McVay offense, they do it with a receiver instead which is better, right? Because you get a guy on a three-yard dump off, a tight end is much less likely to turn that into a big play than a receiver would be. So why not run that play with a receiver who can run and create after the catch? So, you know, that's a, that's a really intriguing option. And, and these players, they're not the big name receivers in this draft. They're not, you know likely first round picks. They're not the guys that are going to go to the combine and come in 6'3", 212, jump 40 inches and run 4'4". That's not what these guys are. But they could come in and serve a specific role. And, And special teams, could they return punts? Could they return kicks? And what kind of premium are you going to put on that position? Because I think when you look at this team, depending on what they do in free agency. I think they're going to probably sign an offensive lineman. We'll see what happens with pass catcher. We'll see what happens on defense. But I think no matter what happens, they're going to want to draft an edge rusher. And I think the prudent decision is draft a tight end. After that, everything else is kind of negotiable. But I think drafting receivers, and especially this type of receiver, just every few years, you know, I, th- I would say once every two years, take a receiver somewhere. Doesn't have to be the first round, but, you know, th- treat it like Ron Wolf treated quarterbacks. Just keep bringing these guys in because eventually you're going to find them. And the Packers have traditionally been really, really good at finding them in the second round in particular. That's why 44 is an intriguing spot because who is going to be there? And I think there are, there have been some discussions already. Should the Packers... If let's say Hollywood Brown is there at 30, is he someone that they could target? Well, maybe he is, but also maybe you look at someone like Hart or Debo and you say, if I can get that guy at 44 and there's these other players here now at 30, you know, if you can get Irv Smith, if you can get Dalton Reisner, if you can get Caden Smith. Maybe you can find that receiver a little bit later to play a similar role and have a similar impact in your team. And that's why these weeks are cool because it creates a a venue for these guys. Penny Hart went to Georgia State. He didn't have a lot of opportunities to come in and shine for NFL teams. Now he does. Same for Andy Isabella. And in some ways, same for Dalton Reisner. Didn't play for a very good team at Kansas State and now gets to come in and and face some of the best players in the country. And he dominated. He looked great. And that, that is going to have repercussions for how the Packers draft, and it's going to have repercussions for these players. And that is, that is the really cool thing for them because these guys work really hard to get to this point, and it, it's cool to see that hard work pay off, especially for these small school kids. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and we are going to get into the, uh, the grades the off-season grades this week, later in the week, uh, I think Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to do that. we we'll start with the edge players, the outside linebackers, uh, get a discussion about the guys that are, are likely to be in the range for Green Bay at 12, guys that could be there at 30. Montez Sweat was at the Senior Bowl. 
he, you know, there was some discussion. He could be there at 30 and, and maybe he played too well. Maybe he's now moved into that, you know, 15 to 18 range. Maybe if the Packers trade down, you know, Washington wants to come up and get a quarterback. They go move down to 15, polite, feral. Those guys are gone. And you've got someone like Sweat who can come in 6'6", 260, physical, strong, uh, and, and can give you that edge rush. That could be something worth talking about. So we'll get to that discussion later in the week. Talk about the guys that are already on the team and, and how they did. We, we pretty much know how that went. It didn't go great. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that later in the week and, and a lot more. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. If you got a smart speaker for the holidays, just tell it to play Locked on Packers. That easy. We're there. Hey, Alexa, play Locked on Packers. Okay, Google, play Locked on Packers. Do it. It's fun. It's cool. We almost got one. Remember, you can subscribe to the show. You're probably listening to this because you subscribed. But if you haven't subscribed, uh, do that. Remember, it is Make a Friend Monday. So go make a friend and, and tell them about Locked on Packers. Make a friend because you told them about Locked on Packers. Let them know they should be listening too. So let's hear from you on that. Leave a review on iTunes. That's a good way to, to let someone else know about the show, to let them know why you like it, to let them know that you like it. It helps us and it helps you. See, win-win. It's great. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, uh, hopefully, I think one one of the, the Wednesday or Thursday show that isn't dedicated to the outside linebacker is going to be dedicated to your questions. So send those to me, 920-341-3775. And as always, stay Locked on Packers. Stay Locked on Packers.